amazing. So this morning we'd just like to share um, a little bit of what we have seen God do among us and what we trust that God will still do and the things we've heard from in, in that way. Um, uh, I think it gets redundant to say that we've had an interesting couple of years, but um, it's been amazing because God knew, and He used it, and He's using it, because He is not one to, um, what do they say, to, 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 to make waste of a good crisis, or what do they always say? He uses them for our good and His glory. And the phrase that rings true, and that is our slogan as a congregation also, um, is one that I would like to explore and kind of bring everything back to, um, and it's being a family on a mission. It's so amazing that every nation that shares this venue with us that's got evening service here, um, they saw this, their leaders saw this, and they said, but we feel that this is exactly what God has been telling them, so it's their slogan as well. Um, that's just really cool, you know. It's really awesome to see the Lord doing something in this place. But being a family on his mission, this is not my vision. This is not our vision as a leadership that we are communicating to you. This is our vision (laughs) because this is what a church is. It's us. So this is a vision that's been crafted by you and by the way that God has been speaking through us and to us. And we trust that we've faithfully stewarded what God has said and have always been putting it together to try to get the clear picture of who, are, who we are and what we're supposed to be doing. Um, and as we're all a part of this, we are all called to play a part in it. So I'm not calling you to take part in my vision. I'm calling you to be a part of what you are a part of and what is part of your inheritance. Are you with me? I'm trusting also that that love that Christ has for his bride. No one loves anything else more than his bride or his own body. And that is what Christ calls his church. You can't love your husband, wives, if you only love the head but you don't want the body. The marriage won't do that well. And if I speak negatively to someone's wife um, behind their backs and in front of them, then me and you are not going to have a very good relationship either. But if we can foster the same love that the husband has for his bride in our hearts, we'll start to see some beautiful things coming from him to us because he can trust us because we're with him in this. It breaks our hearts. breaks our heart to see many things in church and our church and other churches and that should draw us to our knees and not make us run away and the victories is then ours to celebrate and they're sweet and they're amazing and he's faithful to build his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail 
against uh, God is calling us all to be and be living stones in this. Speaking about family, I believe that God is growing us in being family to a level that we have not imagined. That's where he's going. He calls us family, and we will be family for all eternity. It's not a religious saying, brothers and sisters. It's the truth in the Spirit. And the practical outflow of that in every generation is different, and every socioeconomic environment is different. And we're seeing God moving us closer to that. So to say we are a family is right and wrong, because we, we, we're still becoming a family, but we are already eternally a family. And even if we are a family, we know that family is the place where the biggest joys and the greatest things are shared and the biggest sorrows and hurts as well. But that's beautiful and real, and that's what God created church to be. And we're tr- trusting that whatever church has been in, in your minds and our minds, that that would be something that he would continually birth and to a deeper and a deeper level, that he would call us to that place, that state where we would be one day with him and with each other for eternity, that place that he, he, he prays his high priestly prayer in John 17, and ask that we be one, that we be perfectly one, that we be one. He says it four times. He asks the Father to make us one. And then we should have a great time as a family, as families do, but this family has got a mission. This family has got a very unique mission. Being family is eternal, but being on this mission, we only have time for this mission while we're on earth. There's an urgency to this mission. A family on a mission. I can't think of anything I would enjoy more than being a part of and doing. And we believe that God has called us in this place in Cape Town where secular agendas are being launched directly against family and the mission of of God in very strong ways. And God is calling us to dig deeper in these things that are so contrary to the culture that we see right around us. Because they will be seen almost the clearest in areas where it's the furthest away from the prevailing current, current culture. And therefore we shouldn't be drawn into whatever that culture is. So all of us, every one of us, should know that we are not called to be alone in Cape Town, but together, supported, included, and not without a mission in Cape Town, but seeking his kingdom. We are, we are in Cape Town, to Cape Town, and from Cape Town to the world. Are you keen on that? Obviously, when we share vision, we do recognize what makes vision sharing in this context different from uh, organizational context, for instance, is that the Word of God tells us we only see in part, whereas organizationally you'd like to say, I would like to pretend that I see it all and that I have the grand vision in front of me. Here we can see some things and others we don't. 
So we share with you what we believe we've seen. And the things I'm saying as I'm saying now is things we believe we've seen. But it isn't the whole picture. We believe that God wants to make us a real family on His mission. A family with devotional integrity that seeks Him. That doesn't only have good time together and run around and doing stuff together, but that meets with Him, all of us, with devotional integrity, deeply rooted in the Word of God and flowing in the Spirit of God. We trust for the removal of the sacred and secular division that we have, the dualistic way of, of oh, living where we do not see the value in even the work we do from 8 to 5 as much as we do when we pray for someone at work. We want to see those things broken. We want to see how everybody embraces the fullness of kingdom and understands it in a beautiful, holistic way, and for church to be a platform where that is encouraged where we've said this many times, but where your career and the business you're starting is even seen as a ministry in the church as we see Bible school to be a ministry in church and someone just sent me a WhatsApp. Maybe they have a word for me. Let me just mute this. little ad break. Um, did you see that when you have an Ubuntu that you can be a mom and share words at church? Renal and Anel and Lisa showed us how well that works. Um, so we're going to be looking back to the start of 2020 and unpacking a few things um, I'll be listing some things that we have done as we believe the Spirit has moved us, things and some testimonies from that briefly, and also then what we believe the focus areas are for us currently, the things we are pressing into all the more um, right now. So if we look back to the vision that was cast in January 2020, now that was before we knew there was a virus on the way. Um, you can go listen to that sermon again, but in that sermon we said that we believe that God is unfreezing us so that he could move us. Unfreezing, move, refreeze is a, a change management. There's a very simplified way of looking at change management in organizations. If you want people to move anywhere, you still have to, you have to unfreeze them for what they're doing right now so you can easily move them and then refreeze them in a new way of doing and I believe God said it's going to be a time of unfreezing so we can move. Because there is big change on the way. And the kind of the word I felt God told me is He said, as far as I've moved you from the traditional church you were in to where you now, all of that being glorious and the work of, of God in different eras and different ways, as far as we've moved from that to where we are now, as different as that is, so different it will be when we have come to where he's leading us. We've never arrived in the kingdom of God. We, we, we continue to seek him and his word, and through his spirit he makes his word come alive in us all the more and more and more and more. And part of this is that he says, don't get stuck. 
in a way of doing for the rest of your life because I'm always moving. So there's a great feeling of reform. And then, oh my goodness, God definitely started unfreezing us with lockdown because he smashed the way we did everything. And right now, everybody's so open to everything. Though any way you do church, they think is cool and innovative because uh, we need something. It has definitely grown hunger in us um, for many things that we've been missing. It should grow a hunger rather than cultivate the habit of not doing, which we should be careful for. You should watch that video if you haven't watched it about gathering. I think it's, it's rather cool. But he unfroze us. And he wants us to move. And he told us, I watched a um, speech by the Queen of England um, back then. I think it was a Christmas speech. I, I, I do like the Queen of England. I've often had dreams where I actually engage with her and wrestle with William. It's been rather weird. So maybe sometime in my life I would engage. But, I mean, I can't imagine meeting her before. Yeah, I don't know. But she, um, she said in that, in, that, in that speech something profound. She said through all her life she has seen that, that there was never been any significant, no significant change, no significant thing has ever happened by big leaps, but by series of small steps. That was more or less her words, and it struck me. And I felt the Lord said, that's the way I want you to obey me. In series of small steps, not big leaps. That's a good word from the queen and the king. So we've been embarking on this reform agenda, if I may, without having that sound rebellious, but... Reform agenda and a series of small steps. And we've heard God speak, and there's been some small steps that we have taken, and I want to just highlight a few of them as part of this. But is this thing on? Off, on. There we go. Some of these might seem small for you, some of them might seem big for you, but these are some of the things. We've changed our leadership model from being a leader with some elders that help to being a team of elders that lead together. That's a massive change that a lot of the church is embracing at the moment, but still at a lot of places it isn't. But the danger of a man on the top is just too great, and we've seen it too often. Um, It's so dangerous. We've changed that. We see it in Scripture also that elders should be a pointed in submission to apostolic leadership, which we have in the greater show for. So that's been incredible. We've been working on that, um, and we have an amazing team, um, Jacques and Nita and Matt and Sarah and Wilhelm and Lisa and me and Ronal, um, and it's, it's, it's so amazing to see how the Lord has moved our hearts um, towards this. We've moved our band to the back. Maybe some of you knew, you like, where's the band? The band is at the back for the sake of purity. We felt God say, just, just get them out of the way so you don't look at them. Everybody that was leading worship was really good looking also. So, I mean, it just didn't help looking at Jesus when you're looking at Matthew Murdoch. And, I mean, it's, 
it's difficult, you know. So we just, we felt God say, get this show out of the way so we can worship Him and look to Him. Because you can say you're looking at Jesus and even though you were, everybody saw that thing that happened on stage, right? We felt to move the band to the back. You remember Inclusive Chinos? We had a coffee station where you had to buy your uh, very fancy flat white, which I miss dearly. But we realized that it's not inclusive if we want everyone to be welcome at our services, but you can't get coffee if you don't pay. If you don't pay, you must get the coffee. So we decided that's not going to work. So we removed it to have inclusive chinos. So that's why you've got coffee back there for everyone always, any time of the week. We still really want a full-time barista, and we still have the coffee machine. So if you know a full-time barista that wants to work for free and make coffee at the church the whole week for everyone, please let us know. Um, We'd love to go back to that at no cost. Our small groups, No Grow, Go Go, Flexi version 2.1. That's where we're at right now. God spoke to us about the small group model. He built it from scratch. And in every small groups it look in every small group it looks slightly differently and it's molded as each small group is different. But it's such a beautiful comprehensive model to ensure community growth and discipleship and mission and leadership development just happens organically as we rotate facilitation, as we do Bible studies, as we do outreaches, as we eat together. It's been beautiful and in line with with who we should be in this congregation. We've built a beautiful pastoral care network of um, Christian psychologists and psychiatrists and people from marriage and this and that. We can, me and Renal both have qualifications in um, counseling kind of things, and we just know enough to know that we can't help with everything. So we're not arrogant in saying, come speak to us, I will be the pastor that will have the word that will solve your problem. It just doesn't always work like that. So we've we've built a beautiful network. Um, We decided to, um, maybe some of you didn't even notice, but we dropped the offering message to the financial detriment of the church um, and decided to rather pray for a nation every Sunday. So we pray for a nation because that Jesus said explicitly we should be doing an offering message, which we did. I mean, we need to speak about money, and I did post a cool video on YouTube about the, that also. If You should watch that, because we don't speak about money enough, but we still do. But we prophetically shifted that to pray for the nations. We, um, in lockdown, the Lord spoke to us so much about hearing from the ecclesia, hearing from the church, and not only from leaders, and we had those beautiful sessions, you can remember, words from the ecclesia, you can find that on our YouTube too, where we just had everyone that God has been speaking to, sharing, sharing, sharing on on the Zoom platform, because we wanted to hear what God is saying to the church, and not only, because a lot of churches in that stage reduced church to the recording of a sermon and uploading the sermon. And we just felt clearly from the Lord that rather have messy online Zoom services where people can meet each other in smaller groups and do a lot of stuff than to just pop out a message and hope it works. And it's been awesome. You know, it's been anti-tech for Cape Town. It's been less lower quality service, but it's been community-based service. And we specifically felt to do that in line with the vision. Um, Homey Sundays to get family around a table is super 
important uh, if we want to be family. Uh, the Kingdom Hub, we say we don't want to be a church on our own. Always hear people speaking about the church must work together, the church must work together, the church must work together, but it's so difficult for the church to work together. I don't know why. But here we've got Messianic Jews who follow Jesus and are spirit-filled, amazing people. It's their little tabernacle that's up there for each of tabernacles, if you were wondering. We've got Messianic Jews in here. We've got Shofar. We've got every nation and we've well we've got a two show of our congregations here this one and the foreigner congregation and every nation and we all work together beautifully we even share we even share vision statements we think that's quite that we think that's quite cool we had that discipleship course to prepare the nets um, if you missed it it's also a very rugged recordings of it on youtube where everyone is called to pick up their mandate to make disciples so that god can entrust us with the harvest that was a big one for me um i hope you guys are still on that um i've seen some fruit of that which is quite quite cool we started career counseling and entrepreneuring engagement and we will build that out um all the more as we get more capacity to do that, but to, to focus on aligning our careers with the kingdom of God, aligning our businesses with the kingdom of God is a massive part of what we've been doing and will still be doing. We, uh, for the first time since I was here at least, we're now actively supporting missions partners in India, um, and uh, we are being prophetic about the fact that we want to support people on missions because we want to go on a lot of those missions also. I'll speak about that a bit later. And this is quite cool. You could maybe clap for this one if you haven't clapped for the others. I don't know if you haven't enjoyed them, but I, I thought they were quite cool. But the Burundi group of 20 people that arrived here in 2017 or 18 um, just Exploded over lockdown, and they are a they're not a Burundi group that is allowed to gather here, but they are a shofar congregation of of their own, which was a prophetic statement to do that. That's really cool. Ishing Ishing Geru Rukristu Shofar Cape Town. So we have a Burundian congregation in Cape Town. There's a lot of shofars in Burundi, if you didn't know. We're raising up the leaders here so that when they go back home, that they could have some that side. Um, so those are some of the things. Uh, a couple of testimonies. Let me look at my time. Yeah, I should be fine. A couple of testimonies. Um, two, three years ago, we had one congregation. Now we have two. Um, in a hard lockdown, out of this small congregation came support for the Burundi congregation of 600,000 rand to make sure that they could pay rent and have food to eat for the whole congregation in a time where not government or anyone was looking after them at all, and they were literally starving. And we could put together 600,000 rand. With that, we've have, we have a microfinancing um, initiative that's been running super successfully. A couple of hundred thousand rand has already been invested into buying them Uber cars and Uber this and hair salons and what, what, what. <laughs> the latest one is a wig business. So we are um, spons- we we are we are funding it. It's working. The money is coming back. It's going out again. We would very soon be at a place where our small congregation has invested close to a m- million rand into um, our foreigner congregation. We're so 
reflects the heart of God. Um, to look after the foreigner in your midst, it's beautiful. Um, with regards to church finances, while we've been giving g- gloriously there, our church finances for over the last three years have been month to month, and God has been faithful every month. Like, we did not have a surplus that we could draw from. We, it just, somehow it worked every month for three years. And every time you think, oh, shucks, I'm not sure if it's going to work now, then it really works. And we, started, we decided to start to sh- share that with you guys, but the testimony is just awesome. that It's been three years of that, and it's been faithful from God. Whatever we needed, something for something, there was just enough for whatever we needed, which has been amazing. Well, I can tell you venue testimonies for days, so I thought I want to see how long the uh, worship was going to continue to decide how m- many of them I could tell. But, um, yeah, I mean, we gave up our old venue in faith. We didn't have a venue for a while. It was lockdown. We hoped we would time lockdown and the new venue, right, and save money in between. We felt God say, let go of the other venue. We did it in faith exactly at the right time. God gave a venue in the most beautiful of ways. Um, I still remember one day I asked God in my quiet time, I said, God, that venue, please, what's, what's, what's going on? Um, and I heard him say, I'm going to give you the venue. And at that same time, we were looking to buy a community home where we are living, where most of you have been. And, and, and I was sneaking. I said, God, what about that house that we're also looking at? He said, yeah, I'll, I'll give it to you as well. And then to the day, three months after that, he reminded me of that. And we then just moved into this venue and we then just moved into our new house. Um, just the way that the Lord does amazing things if you follow him as he speaks. Um, something that was really cool for me is I was at a bad space in March this year and I'm still recovering from a lack of a bit of burnout. But um, God is disciplining me. That's what's happening. But um, I don't know if you realize, but I, I, I haven't preached a sermon series since April. And most of you didn't even realize and that's exactly what we hoped for from the beginning is that one day, whoever the pastor would be, would be, if he would slip out the back door, everything could just continue the way they were and everything could just be amazing. And I don't really even realize because you can't ever build on that. And when I was gone, not only that, the other leaders stepped up and everything was just awesome. But the church started to grow for the first time in two years the moment I tapped out. <laughs> I don't know how that works, but it was God humbling me <clears throat> and saying it's me doing it. it I, I mean, he's saying it's me, not me saying it's me. We have an incredible young leaders that runs our youth. It's awesome to see that the youngest leaders or the newest and youngest leaders of small groups are the small groups that are just multiplying the whole time. Um, it's awesome to see that the Lord is raising up leaders. Our Burundi congregation grew 100% in Lockdown um, by a hundred percent. Most churches didn't do well, but they went in with about about fifty people in the congregation, and they came out now with about hundred and ten, which is just awesome. And you remember, you remember Steve that was in the wheelchair. He was in an accident, and he was he was paralyzed from here down. There was nothing they could do. It was 
there was nothing they could do. One day we prayed for him, and later that week I got a message, uh, a video from him moving his feet. And so he's been training, and last week I saw him walking. So uh, that's um, been a miracle. So those are some of the cool things that we've seen this last while. Now we will be just um, taking our attention to what we think we should put our focus on going ahead. But I've also had a Zoom, a Zoom call. Um, you see, I often speak to the queen in my dreams, so I just had a Zoom call with the prime minister also just to make sure that we are um, aligned. And this was his uh, feedback to you guys. But we do all still have to be careful, so it's very much show far, show good. The rest of that conversation I had to sign an NDA on, so I can't share with you all the things that he told me, but he released me to share that little section with you. Um, if you'd like to remember the words from him. So I don't know if we should be planting churches in the UK or what this is with the... Prime Minister and the, and the Queen. Okay. What we believe our focus areas should be going forward. Number one. What was on there? All of our sermons. That was quite cool. Um, we, as leadership, we, we need to grow in the fivefold offices, you know, the offices of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Pastor, teacher can be seen as one. But we believe in that model of leadership. We believe that those five roles are different personalities, different gifts given to the church to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So we believe in a model where there's a team that leads and those gifts are represented in that team or out in sourced where they aren't, but that the team grows in those gifts to equip the church properly. We are intentionally growing in those in in those gifts. Um, a great focus of ours. So that's the leadership model: a team that grows in the fivefold, so they could equip the saints. If you wanted to know, um, we are building on long-term mission partnerships. That's what we have. Um, up the sleep to have regular strategic engagement to increase it at Straatwerk to work with Live and Kin Culture. We, the guy that's managing Live Village with his wife is going to preach here next week, FYI, so you might not want to miss that. Um, and then in Burundi, it makes logical sense for us to have outreaches that side. We're working on that. Um, Sri Lanka that we've been working with, we are going to explore what long-term partnerships that side might look like. The Himalayan network that we've been building on with some other shofar churches for years, India, Nepal, Bhutan, where we've sent um, old shofar uh, pastors or ex-shofar pastors to be long-term. Our hearts are there. We will be on a plane as soon as India opens. I'm there. Nepal, I think, is opening up now, so I might, but my passport expired, so shucks. And they know they don't want to help you when you're just a tourist. So maybe if one of you've got if you've got a business that does any work in India, Nepal, or Bhutan, I'll be a marketing guy or whatever. 
and we could maybe apply for a passport. But we had three teams ready to go, uh, one to Sri Lanka, one to India, one to Portugal, just before lockdown happened. Do you remember? So just, just hold on. We will go. Um, and Portugal's been on our hearts for a while through various, for various different reasons, and uh, we trust God for that. Something that's really cool that's happening now is in October, from the middle of October to the middle of November, um, Suzanne and Elian, two teachers from um, Jan van Riebeek, have made time available in the afternoon to work with our uh, Burundi moms and their children to explore needs for early childhood development um, with the moms to teach them how to work with their children and to teach the moms English because that's a great barrier for them. And uh, since many of their children are unregistered here and in Burundi, they do not physically exist in the world. They can't, they, it's not easy for them to go to school because they don't have a number. So we thought, well, maybe we should start a school for kids without numbers. So we're, we're just piloting and uh, figuring out that um, between the middle of October and the middle of November. That's going to be really awesome. We don't know what's going to come out of it, but it might be something amazing. Um, then songwriting is something that's really been happening. I mean, between Matthew and Jeannie and Nadia and Franz and myself and Quibbers, there's so many songs that have been written already. Some of them we've sung in church, but songs written prophetically for us um, will come all the more and all the more. And we're, we've been saying it for a while, and it's been happening, and it's going to happen all the more. It's really awesome. Um, worship in abandon is a word I got from God long ago, and that's something that we as a congregation are still going to... Yeah, there's going to be some breakthrough I'm trusting for. Um, where these chairs would be redundant. Um, that would go along with ministry and a supernatural flow that I believe God wants to release all the more in us. Church planting is a primary part of the vision of our church, and uh, we have been thinking about Hope by for a while now, and Hope by just maybe got a little bit more feasible the last while. Uh, so we'll speak more about that, but that might be exciting. If something like that's on your heart, l- let us know. We might we might be exploring. That's going to be quite cool. Um, then this this focus area called Cape Town. We ministered into that a little bit just now, but God has been telling me that, and I've been saying it to many of you over and over. But Cape Town cannot primarily be a lifestyle destination. It's an amazing lifestyle destination. But you are called here by God for the purposes of God. Are you with me? It's a completely different life you live, the one where you decide what's going to be awesome and do that, or the one where you're going to decide how I'm going to follow Jesus and do that. I see that in lives like men like Aubrey, who as a young man sacrifices every Friday night and his weekends for youth and outreaches and stuff, he's just switched off lifestyle in Cape Town, switched on, switched on kingdom. And we think the one is going to bring us peace and joy, but it's re- really rather false. Um, and we just need more and more to try and keep that false hope going. But the real joy and peace is sitting there with God. So 
call to Cape Town. And many of us have been feeling this, and you've been speaking to me about it, and more of you are going to start sensing that God is actually calling you to this place that you're not only passing through. Those are the, those are the long-term bows, the people that's going to stretch and grow um, and pull the arrows. And some of you are arrows. You're here for a, a season, and you're going to be equipped. We trust God for that and be sent out to exactly where He sends you to. And you'll hear him on it. And not only where and what, but why and how. And he will send you out. So we're trusting that we would know all the more that we are called here, that we're here for mission and not lifestyle, and that we are bows or and arrows. Are you with me? All right. I'm not going to go into the rest of that, but you can see some of those subheadings that are focus areas. And the last slide. Um, as I said, a great focus on getting entrepreneurs and careers aligned to the kingdom of God, accountable towards what God has called them to do, discipled in order to be able to do it and support it because it's really tough. If you're following Jesus out there in the real world, it's tough. If you can't now blend in, it's easy here. We need to, but there's an excitement and there's a drive and there's a depth that comes from seeking, seeking the Lord in this. I'm so um, overjoyed when I spoke to Christian. He's not here this morning, eh? No, so I can gossip a bit. So, I mean, they've got a flourishing company called called JobJack, um, that's doing amazing work with an amazing vision. They start their Monday mornings as, in prayer meetings, everyone together. They, when they have an interview with everyone, they pray with them before the interview starts, ask them if they can, so that everybody knows that this is what the way we do, we do things. They... Um, whenever they have performance meetings or whatever, they pray with their staff, Amos, before every meeting. On Fridays, they start the day with a praise and worship and intercession, and then they work and they have lunch together and they go home after that. And the business is just taking off. How beautiful is that? How can you not say they are walking out there calling fully where they are? Um, and the work they do is incredibly impactful um, in our in our poor communities. We're trusting for that heart to be in us, that whatever we do, whether as an entrepreneurial career, it would be aligned to the kingdom of God fully, and we'd see it, and we'd know it, and we'd taste it, and it would be meaningful to our hearts. Um, next up, we're trusting to buy property, property at some stage. Um, as a prophetic stance, we sometimes wonder, why would we, why would we not? Yes, it does give Practical stability, make things easier, and you can have things your way and set it up long term. But there's a prophetic significance in owning and then becoming a part of the way things work. God, the way the municipality works, you just get roots into everything. We believe the Lord has shown us and kind of took, an, like, he took us out of a place where we didn't want to really contend for that, but we are contending for that. Um, and we believe He's in it. Then, um, if you want just some insights with regards to how we prepare for what we preach and what we say, um, 
we trust in God that whatever sermon series, whatever thing we are preaching would be prophetically accurate as the Spirit dictates to us now. Um, me and Jacques and Matthew have a little teaching elder group that we check with each other. What is God saying? Is He saying it? Why are we doing this? And then adding to um, whatever's on our hearts, making sure that it's in line with whatever He's doing. We want to be we want to be biblically sound. We cannot afford to be flaky on the Word of God, especially the um, times we're in. We're going to have to take some hard stones we know in the future, and we are willing to do that. Um, and then we also have a little group where we now start, start to make sure that what, the, what God says to the elders and to s- some of our intercessors are being aligned. So we're speaking to Stefani um, about that to make sure that what there's alignment with what the Lord is saying and that it's being, it's being prayed in. Um, and kind of a model that I use and why we've been uh, looking more to doing series than just once-off messages is we want things to be preached through our heads, to find ways for that to drop into your heart so that you'd feel it, to make it practical, that you'd know how to execute on it, and to sustain that in ways that the things that God says becomes habit. Then we believe the word is birthed. Are you with me? I I think that's rather cool. And the last thing I want to mention that we're trusting for going forward is a culture of of fostering and adoption where we would look after the orphaned and the vulnerable. At one stage in our congregation, um, long ago, but I spoke to everyone that was married, and everyone said that they are quite open to either fostering or adopting a child at some stage in their marriage, which which is awesome and amazing. Um, And we believe that there's a culture already in us that's going to just... grow more and next week please be here when the guy from live when Jono from live is gonna share um thank you i think i i missed going to the next one and before, before that there we go there we go i've got it yeah the mission statement of shofar as many of you know, is to reach nations and generations through disciple-making, leadership development, and church planting. And that's our heart. That's what we do. That's, um, that kind of uh, summarizes everything. And, um, but it's a mission statement. Our vision is... A vision should be something ridiculous that you hope to achieve, but you will never maybe fully achieve. And that's to be a family on mission. That's, that's our vision. That's what we want to be. What are we going to do? We're going to reach nations and generations through disciple-making, leadership development, and church planting. And you are called to be a living stone. You are a living stone and called to be an active living stone as part of whatever local congregation that God has planted you in. And there's a piece of flourishing that can only happen when you're in that space and when it's alive, when your stone is alive. When you know that, that I am fulfilling the things that God has put before me for this season in my life. Where I am not only slotted in because it's good for me, but I'm actively taking part because it's part of my inheritance to make this happen. 
I felt God tell me that I should not try to be all things to all men to those who are already saved because you are the church and each one has their own role to play. There are many ministries in this church, in this congregation, that's on hold because I'm not going to do it. It's not mine. It's someone else's. And it's risky, but we're waiting. It's risky, but we want to see living, we want to see stones come alive in whatever it is that they are called to do, as we are all called to play a part in this. Maybe the part you play will be seen and, and celebrated. Maybe the part you play will be seen and celebrated in heaven. We have to be willing for all of that. Even Jesus' own ministry was just around a certain lake for three years in a very ugly place. He didn't do that much, and then he ended at 33. We make a lot of it because we look back on it, but it was just, just like that. It was over. Are you willing to play a role, big and small, to be fully devoted to him, seeking nothing else but his kingdom? Just lay down the other stuff and seek his kingdom and play a role as a living stone. There is really no other way of being a Christian than to fully fit that definition and just go for it. That's what he's called you. That's what he saved you into. He saved you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son where stuff happens. He didn't save you to stop doing the things you used to do. He saved you to, to start doing beautiful things that he's got planned. I hope it was helpful for you to just hear some of the things that we believe are central to us. Um, and I would just like to pray over us right now. We could maybe end with a song new Dear, I'm going to pray as you can start playing. Um, and uh, you guys can, can stand with us to get the blood throwing, flowing through your legs um, as we just close. But there's, there's some of us here who just needs to recognize in our spirits that I, I, I'm a living stone. I need, to, I need to pick up my role. You can all stand with us. That would be awesome. Yeah. I'm a living stone and I need to pick up my role. I realize that I just uh, haven't. Um, there are some of us that needs to just get a hold of this love that Christ has for his local church and the messiness of it and everything and the beauty of it and its power. A love for that that's as deep as Christ's love, as he calls it, his bride. And I pray that for some of us who's Hearts are so aligned to this that we wouldn't overcomplicate the seeking for what our role in this is, but we would do what we find our hands to do and hear His voice to lead us from there. There's so many amazing people in this congregation that are just running with the vision from the Lord on their hearts, and that gives us the opportunity to share things like this because we see it's, it's, it's happening already. Father, I pray, Father, just your blessing and protection over the things that you have spoken to us, Father. This is maybe a, a lot of bullet um, points on the slides, but it's precious things, God, that we do believe we have received from you. 
And we do believe it's the way that you are building us. I pray a protection over what you have spoken. And we trust that you would interpret it more and say more to us, Father. But we are content with what you have already released us in. We pray that whatever it is that you have for each one of us, that you would birth it, continue to birth it, continue to blow on those coals in our hearts, Father, that even through what was shared today, that there would be some things that click in our spirits, Lord. I pray a love for your local church to click where the world's been breaking it down. Even the church has been breaking it down. Pray for the love for the local church to click. I pray for the living stone to know its role. Pray for a contentment in that order that you have ordained in our hearts. A, a, a safety, a peace in that order, in our hearts. An excitement for what is to, is to come in our hearts. Let's spend time with him as we close off with the last song. Thank you.